covering all your favorite parts of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast with Zach Heilman and Jim Bernier. Welcome in, fans of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast. Zach Kyleman here alongside my good buddy and co-host Jim Mernier. As well, it's been a few weeks now since the NAL season has concluded with a Albany Empire victory and championship. And we kind of have discussed an episode on looking back at the year and looking kind of in a way ahead as to what the league has done well and what we kind of think the league should do better or maybe can look to do. So Jim, I'm going to, I'll let you put your point on this, but really Mm -hmm. the way you and I talked about how this episode was going to be structured, we did originally call it kind of like a good, bad, ugly in terms of how we were going to segment it. And then it kind of morphed. I changed it up a little. We're kind of doing a pros. uh, We need kind of like a pros segment, a things that instantly need to improve segment. And one that kind of has become more of a long-term or, uh, might be something that has to be on the back burner, but we still want kind of third portion, uh, if that makes any sense for some people out there. Yeah, it's we're not bashing the league. We're not bashing the game. This is just observations for us to point out certain things that have pros and cons. And we've reached out to a few players, a few uh, representatives of the NAL, um, about what what they think, and we got feedback. So this episode, we're for the first time, we're not previewing or breaking down games. Right. Um, uh, we are in the off season, but it's never the off season in America because football season is twelve months a year. That's right. But if you're listening to us, thank you. By the way, college football's back. By the way, today on a lovely Thursday. And NFL starts next week, so there's a lot of crazy things. Um, so looking at it, everyone's zero and zero right now, unless you're in Nebraska. Um, but <laughs> besides <laughs> that, from the National Arena League perspective, there's some things that there's some topics we're going to talk about that may twist some people's screws, kind of. And there's going to be some to- topics where you may go, you know what, that would be pretty intriguing if they did something like this. But first thing I want to say about this whole ordeal. We know that what we're going to talk about, everything that we mention, everything that we propose has a dollar figure behind it. We do know that. Yes. The owners know that. The NAL knows that. The players know that. It's just what we like to see happen. We're not saying we don't like to see it happen today or week one of 2022, but maybe in two or three years down the road, you get into it because from all the stuff and stuff that we've heard from the background from all the players that we've talked to and represents of the NAL, they all consider the NAL as the superior league to the IFL. That yes. says a lot for the arena game, for the traditional AFL-style game. Now, I'm not taking shots at the IFL, but our connections, the players we know, have that feeling. But this episode is just what we can make the NAL as – what to 20 let's try to make 2022's product even better than the 10-week product that we had this year because it was pretty good this year compared to 2017 season so overall over the last couple of years you've seen improvements in the nal and i'll just hopefully in on 2022 when the season kicks off in late march early april which is the 
right now, the targeting date, mm-hmm. we are having a better product on the field. And it's because of your input, the fans, and us reaching out to the members of the NAL uh, to see if they can make some slight changes and all. It's, but it's the environment of the game and the game that we love, and that's football, no matter if it's outside or indoors. That's right, Jim. So we're going to touch on these pieces, and we've gotten as much as we can in mind. You know, between the fans, players, co- actual coaches we've talked to over the season at different times, and even, you know, just getting feedback from owners on those points in general, cross-referencing things and making sure that we're getting the entire perspective on how this works. So without further ado, let's just kind of jump in uh, and we'll we'll start off with the good. You know, we'll, we'll get we'll get something real sweet, kind of, you know, give the NAL a lot of pat on the backs for certain pieces that were really you know, executed this season, I think to a high standard, uh, which first off, and I think both Jim and I definitely agree on this. And it seems like players have most of the fans seem to this year uh, coaches is that the quality of play was pretty good all year. Uh, It was, it was as close to, for me, at least as close to AFL, at least in terms of how we look at the quality as possible, which for many out there, a lot of people compare these leagues to the AFL because AFL is the gold standard, you know? So that's kind of what you're trying to aim for in terms of quality of play, in terms of professionalism and look. And I thought in terms of quality of play, and I know you have said this the same as well, it was good. Like it was really solid throughout the season. It was fast paced. It was high flying. I mean, a lot of talents were XAFL, but even that point aside, like guys that were on the field made an impact and was good quality football. Like every week, it seemed like you were going to get a good matchup or at least something that came down to the wire at times. Yeah. And that's one of the highlights of the NAL to me from when it started in 2017. And it's just not the current players on the teams. It's not, you know, Mason Espinoza. It's not Grady. It's not Mike Faithful. It's not, you know, Jonathan Bain coming over from the IFL to the Jacksonville in the last second. This is in almost unanimous throughout a lot of NAL guys. They prefer the NAL because of its similarities to the old Arena Football League. And that doesn't mean anything bad for the IFL. That just means that the veterans that play in the AFL, that play that side of game, love the NAL. They come in and out. So technically – you have a lot, you had a, you have a couple of rookies that played this year in the NAL and you had a lot of AFL veterans. So the NAL represented not the same level of competitions as the AFL was, but it was dang near it. And when you have Tommy Grady, Mason Espinoza as the top two quarterbacks in the league who played in the AFL, actually played for the same team in the AFL, but still mm-hmm. having Tommy Grady in there, that's Hey, an AFL guy playing in the NHL. And you had a couple of those. You had Joe Hillis in Orlando. You had Damian Prince, or Pierce, excuse me, or Prince, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm going to think about a basketball player, my bad. You had <laughs> Malachi Jones in the Jacksonville. You had Devin Wilson in in Orlando. In Orlando, we have, you know, Joe Hillis. But you look at the you know, Laughing House and Dangerfield in New Jersey. This whole league was loaded with AFL guys. And that's what attracts me to the NAL because I know I'm getting that AFL itch in the game in the NAL. And you can tell by the play on the field. It was these guys 
love the game and they came to the NFL because the, the NAL because they believe in an image that the NAL has. And I think that was the honestly the not just the the top best thing about the NAL this year. It's I think one of the main things that the NAL should sell on. Like, hey, we are the AFL. Look at our rosters. Ninety percent of our rosters are AFL guys. Mm-hmm. And the uh, uh, not taking shots, but the championship indoor football and indoor football league cannot say that. I, I will say here because we will give the po- some points to the IFL that they are doing yeah. better that the NAL needs oh, yeah. to take yeah, notes we'll get on. To that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this isn't just a bash IFL fest. Like trust me, the IFL is doing things much better in many other regards. We're not going to just yeah. give them. <laughs> we're not going to pull a baseball bat and start beating them. Uh, but and, all, and also yeah. we might put a little, little little twist into this thing. We might be doing an IFL thing here pretty soon. But anyway, yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bashing. We'll show you some love here on on this show, but one of our maybe a spinoff. But I'm just saying that the NAL has a product that they can sell to investors and to future owners. Like, hey, we're 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 basically the AFL. Look who's our who's on our rosters. We have veterans who've played in the AFL who ha- are going to be Hall of Famers from the AFL. Mm-hmm. So I think that's something that I love about the NAL. They have the product. They need to just push it forward. Right. And I think and, that's the best thing they can do. Right. And two of the other points, really, of the pros, most of the pros are actually the play and the look right now. Uh, right. So, you know, we had quality of play. There's also professionalism play. This was actually something that players we polled. Some of them thought that at least, you know, most of the time it felt much more less amateur at times this year. Um, and yeah. that, it was a little more like the veterans were might were kind of calming down the young guys. It didn't seem as ro- rowdy. Now there were games that were definitely penalty fests and some personal foul issues, but in terms of years past, from some so some of the players that played multiple years in the NAL, they felt this was a one of the best years that it's been this way. And because that AFL talent was much more present in the NAL this season, that's the case. I also would say that the professionalism, at least in terms of the look of the teams, the uniforms you know, the fields and just kind of getting at least more of a foothold is what looks AFL-esque or mm-hmm. in terms of those pieces, you know, it looked that way a lot more too. So it, it's going that direction. Yeah. And it's presented as it's supposed to, as the AFL image. They just, they don't have the logo. They don't have the name. That's right. why people look at, oh, National Arena League. I don't know. They it's usually it's our honestly our job here at Inside the Walls podcast. Well, it's the off season, so we really can't do a lot. Is to promote this game because we love this game and we can't stand that it doesn't get enough its due out beyond just the circle of the six franchises in this league or the the well, I think total was like eighteen franchises overall. Um, some of them, as you know, folded or don't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. But our job is to make say, hey, this is AFL football, this is AFL rules, AFL players. That's good. The game is still alive. I mean you both agree that the NAL does not get it due compared to the AFL, but AFL, of course, has 30 plus years of history. The NAL only has Correct. four. So, but people like look at the NAL and go, oh, it's 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 the minor league. 
Um, that's the other thing about it that I think the NAL should remove from their website. They're not a development league when they literally have AFL talent on their league. On you their know, league. I think that I think that's the thing that all indoor and arena is struggling with right now is, I mean, even the IFL, which is, I would say, in terms of how it's trying to look on a national scale, yeah. uh, which is it's ahead in the NAL for sure. Uh, it still doesn't fully get away from that amateur vibe or at least semi-pro which i think that's going to be the next step for whoever you know in this race goes out first is you got to get away from the semi-pro look so you know that's the next step for all of them and that and that comes down to the the single that comes down to the singular organization or franchises within the Mm -hmm. it's you have to like for example you want i'm not you know everyone knows if you listen to this podcast i'm a sharks fan um jacksonville's franchise is built in the AFL model. The Arizona Rattlers and the IFL are built in the AFL model. Look at their history, look at their tradition, and look at their fan bases. That comes off as not a minor league look because they have a established fan base that's active, there's energy. And, of course, Orlando Predators are the same way, but this is a different Orlando Predators compared to the AFL. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that in both all, all the interdoor leagues, including the AAL, the IFL, and CIF, you have the the San Antonio Valleys. You have the New York streets. You have the Louisville extreme that put the black eye on these leagues that people look at, oh, it's an arena league. What? You're telling me that that team just scammed $35,000 away somebody? Right. That's why you get the minor league titles on a lot of these teams. And a lot of these fans will buy into it because once they buy into a product and then their owners or whoever happens in these organizations – that kid leaves a bad taste in their mouth and they don't return. They're like, oh, this league won't last because they haven't established a history. And what you were bringing up is that that's what we're here in, the, in our podcast. And I guarantee you, in other podcasts we do is that we're going to try to fight that freaking cloud. It's like, hey, there's some great organizations out there. You have the Albany Empire, you have the Columbus Lions, you have the Jacksonville Sharks, you have New Jersey, who's a good organization. I just hopefully, they, you know, they get an itch and they get – they had a good team this year that got zero – well, not really zero support, but very low attending crowds. But still, they had the energy, and I love their social media. They have a product. The problem is is when fans look at the league, they see Louisville. They see San Antonio. Yeah. They see the New York streets and go, well, this is just a gimmick league. And that's what – that's why you got college football. That's why you have the NFL and why people love it so much because they know their team is going to be there next year after a bad year. And well, not if not if you're the uh, NFL, your team might move to Vegas or something like that because your city won't build a stadium. But that's a different thing. It's just that you had the bad taste in your mouth, and that unfortunately, when the AFL collapsed again, that did spread to all the AFL fans. Some of them are slowly to come back. We have talked to some that have come back. They're like, you know, what? they're starting to follow the NAL more. They're starting to follow the IFL more and the CIF, and the CIF more. But they still they're still hesitant, and that's what we need to find that the NAL, NAL needs to do is to break through that hesitancy for the fans, for them to go, you know what, I'm buying in. I'd really dig this product, and I think the NAL and the IFL has the opportunity to do that. But it's the bad taste in the mouths of the fans from the other organizations that build these teams that fraudulently and they collapse before the season even starts or completes. And that's going to be the main topic for all three leagues to get out of their franchises so they can establish the growth of the game itself 
Yes, yes. And I will it's definitely going to be it's something that, you know, the NAL is you know, we've talked with ownerships ourselves outside of the show and you know, that's mm-hmm. something they want to stabilize. You know, they want to do this carefully now. They had those early years of kind of, you know, quickly turn quick turnover at times and I think they, you know, as we've talked, they're ready to have a stabilized base which they have now and grow that way. So they're very, they're very yeah. confident in the six organizations that are currently in the national. Race. Correct. And that, and that's a good sign from not just our point of view and our connections with the NAL members. That's just a good sign that those six organizations will be playing next year. Yes. And that's with the league that took a big financial hit this off the season. Um, yes, because of COVID. Did. So, and you know, it's, we're here that yeah, point at the highlights. There's some stuff everyone get into that, can be improved or not taking shots. Um, but eventually I think will happen because it's the times, but right now I think the NAL has to close the, the pros out. They have mm-hmm. the product, they have the game and they have the, the professionalism of within the players and the organizations of the players in the league that they can move forward and sell that product to future investors or future owners that can help promote and, and, and grow the league. I do think they have that. And, in my opinion, we're not uh, – we're, we're National Arena League podcast. Uh, I favor the NEL over the IFL, but I love both brands. They both have their different styles. Um, maybe it's because we live on the East Coast and the IFL is a West Coast, so that's a little bit uh, different, uh, difficult for us. Could be. Could but, be. But both brands, all three brands, you know, I don't want to see – Can't forget the CIF. That's the thing. I don't for, yeah, don't want to forget them. Um, but they have – they all three have the pros in their league that they can push forward. I just think that the NAL has so much that they can push forward that they just can't do at the time because of what happened this past season and with all with COVID and, and having not having a year uh, in two, that you, two years ago, a season two years ago. So, um, but I'm very positive the pros and trust me, there's, there's a lot more pros we can talk about the NAL, um, but we can, we can confirm to you right now, we will have six teams next year, like we did the last podcast. Nothing's mm-hmm. changed, and there will be new teams joining. We just don't know, but we'll let you know when we know. Oh, <laughs> soon, soon, soon. I, I, I just, I kind of sit here and twiddle my fingers, waiting, but it's going to come sooner rather than later. I'm excited not, for that. But it's not Bishop. <laughs> was it's it not, Bishop? It's not Bishop Sycamore. <laughs> We're, from Ohio? <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no, not that. That's. Go look up that story, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, we're um, we're not going that path. Ah, <laughs> uh, like like they they literally make Louisville Extreme look like, hey Louisville, hold my beer. <laughs> like, True that. <laughs> I was like, wow. Uh, well, that's all that Oracle. I'm like, we're doing this really. But yeah, anyways, but yeah, but thing, no. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. NAL's not going to uh, ask them to be a franchise. <laughs> <But> anyway. <laughs> Let's get to you one, Zach. Sorry. Yeah, I, tell you I, what, I, had my, I had my laugh for this episode. Oh, you're, hey, <laughs> it's a good laugh in the sports world right now. Let's be honest, man. You can talk it, you can talk that anywhere. Well, let's pick a tweener topic to kind of transition into the improvements because this one has pros from how it ended the season, mm-hmm. but there still needs to be some talk. And this is also an issue that affects every indoor league. I don't care which one you are the big three all three of them i have to go shame on you because i don't think this is focused enough um and i know some reasons by the way also affect certain broadcast elements which is what we're going to be talking about but let's just 
let's go with pros. It, most broadcasts, I would say all of them at some point in the NAL season, either were really good or they mm-hmm. improved and got better listened to audience or at least fans that were saying, hey, this needs to improve. And they started getting better. Or they were actually experimenting with a universal graphic for the scoreboard. I noticed that in some games. You and I did. That's good. So to transition into what needs to improve, let's dive fully into the broadcast elements because here's the deal. I I actually am, I know this just from talking with some owners. There's not a set in stone broadcast guidelines that's like specifically like you have to have A, B, C, D, E for these companies. Each one's hired by a diff, by their team respectively. They have to be on YouTube and they'll get talked to by Commissioner Siegfried or any of the NAL officials kind of on if you look bad, we're going to call you out on it. Okay, that's nice. But hear me out, especially if you are an NAL NAL fan or owner that's listening in that's like a super fan or only watches on the streams um or you just can't make it to the games, you know, and you get frustrated like I do watching these games. I'm from Indianapolis, so I can't, it's, it's not an easy drive for me to try and go to any of these teams because they're very much East coast. I'm borderline to on the Midwestern front. Here's the deal. Work on your broadcasts. I, the, you guys are really good local presence wise, but I'm telling you set some broadcast guidelines for the different production companies you have. And make it look like it is a universal NAL coverage, like different, the different teams look and feel like it's an NAL broadcast. Look, use the similar graphic packages. You know, it doesn't have to be the same broadcast like duos or anything. You know, cameras positions can be different, although most of the teams I thought had decent in stadium broadcasts for the most part. But like make elements look the same. Don't look, make them look cheap, you know. I felt like some of the games, it was either you had, you had just like, I would say amateurish looking graphics um, or at times it just felt like, you know, it didn't feel professional, which again, this ties back to us saying like, you want to get away from the semi-pro if you want to grow the game to maybe make it more accepted outside of just your re- your regional base. I think that's part of it because the broadcasts are for the national audience. You know, the local side is for those that go to the games and buy tickets. If you want to expand nationally, that's something you should focus on. And this is the same sentiment. I think that it's been echoed by players as well. I actually had one or I actually had a, some owners throughout the season. They're like, yeah, this needs to be something we address. Um, and that's like you said, it, it improved throughout the year. I think they were experimenting, but go full investing into making this look good next year. Trust me, the IFL you know, I know I just said that point. We don't want to bash them, but IFL, CIF, NAL, all three of them have broadcasts at times during their seasons, which usually all three are playing simultaneously, that they look lowish quality or, you know, obviously they're just borrowing the stadium fee, which I'm like, that's fine. But you should also consider if you're broadcasting with YouTube deals, make it look good for YouTube as well. You know, don't just throw up a cheap stadium feed and, Make it where it's like, well, just sit through this. Like, no, like focus on that. Make these YouTube broadcasts look decent. So, you know, the NAL, I think, could take a step forward because even the IFL, like I said, who is touting themselves right now as the definitive indoor league, they don't do so hot on most streams. You know, some of them are rough. Like, get ahead of the game on this. I think you have a place that you can take a step forward right here. 
you know, and I think a broadcast guideline book is something that I think should be made this year, you know, at least for these production companies. And it's just for me, it's there's there were certain games throughout the year where you're seeing the play on the field, but you had no idea what time was on the clock. You had no mm-hmm. idea what the score was. Or you have no idea what's going on because you didn't hear the announcers. And then you had some broadcasts where the only thing you were hearing was the stadium PA announcer. And those usually get flagged by YouTube because they always have music that is related to that. And we've had a couple of games this year that was flagged by YouTube and taken down by YouTube. Eventually they came back and eventually they fixed the issue and then their progress. Broadcast became better. Um, the NAL's product, I'm going to say yes, the NAL needs to improve on overall broadcast. You need, honestly, to make it perfect, you need about four, you need four cameras in a stadium. You need end zones, you need goal lines, you need either and a up top camera looking down on the field, not all the way on the, you know, you know, you have the camera on the second level of your arena if you can have a second level arena and have mm-hmm. a camera that's low, but it's not where you turn it on. You can actually see uh, the player sweating, but it's enough where they can see the coverage of play. There's a lot of games this year where a quarterback will throw the ball to the receiver and it always a touchdown and the camera is still on the receiver, the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Now, that is not the guy who's holding the camera. That is the production crew not switching the feed at the proper time. That does come off as, you know, either a production crew that's not used to covering games, but it also is something that can be worked on. As the season progressed, these little issues were being fixed. But there were some some games where the graphic or the the scorecard jacksonville and i think albany or not albany it was jacksonville and i want to say it was either carolina no it wasn't carolina it was it was jersey had the same graphic like the nal score graphic throughout the whole year eventually everyone did it but it took to the very end and that's what you mentioned about the score graphic right one thing i do like about the nal so far is that I'm in love with the Orlando's announce guys, the Mm -hmm. play-by-play guys. I like Albany's guys because one of those dudes is a podcast on the Bally Up Sports Network, and he he loves arena football. Yes, sir. Um, So, um, so, and I've I've actually talked to him. He's pretty cool. (laughs) Nice. Each city has their own guy, own broadcast. Now, NAL, I know you look over at the IFL and they got their stadium deal. I'm going to just tell you right now, there are about maybe two or three stadiums in the IFL that have perfect coverage when they cover their games. All the rest of them are just, they're not really, they're, they're there, they're YouTube quality, but they're not, you know, presenting the game well because the camera position, people controlling the cameras and the pr- production of backstage. But what they do have is they have a game of the week by stadium. And I'm not saying the NL needs to get stadium or someone like that. You can have YouTube, but it'll be something that you guys can, it'd be cool to get a crew, maybe like Donnie from Orlando or 
a guy from Jersey to be the game of the week crew and have them go to each game and have that be a Pacific NAL production. They have control of the entire game. That's their game. And have it on YouTube, of course, but make it make it seem like it's like the main show. Um, overall, when the season began, there were some stadiums that had technical issues, Wi-Fi issues, uh, bad camera issues. But as the season progressed in the 10-week shortened season, it was rapid and fast-paced. The product that was presented on YouTube compared to week 10 compared to week one is almost a 180. Yeah. It got better as the season progresses. Now, if we had the same instances that happened throughout the year, it would have been very aggravating. Yes, I do know there's technological technology issues like lag and you know buffering, but that happens from it may not be the stadium, it might be your computer. But that's mm-hmm. something NL has no control over. But there needs to be guidelines, in my opinion. At the same time, I would love to have an NAL crew to cover a game of the week. Now, I'm not saying it, Zach, but if the NAL likes to hire us to do the game of the weeks, how happy to go to each <laughs> game and be like, well, this is, I'll be John Madden. He's like, you know, the object of the game is to score more points than your opponent. Hey, I would definitely practice Great. to be a play-by-play if we got, Great analogy, Jim. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> right I, think you are, that's a I think that's a fumble there, Zach. No shit. No. <laughs> oh, we really? can't say that on YouTube. <laughs> uh, but I, I think <laughs> we'll be funny. Uh, we'll just like A-N-E-L. Um, if things drop, we're doing it for you, doing it for ratings. But uh, I think having a, having a crew like that presented to the league, I think would be good. Um, and it's something that they can do it. They don't have to hire an outside source company to do it. They can do it and mm-hmm. find people who know the game, find people who've played the game and put it there. People who are knowledgeable in the game, because there have been announcers, especially in the CIF and the IFL. I've listened to games. I go, this guy has not watched one single damn game, excuse my language, in the IFL because terminology he uses you're like, what? Uh, that's called a rouge, and that's called a deuce. It's not a field goal. It's a deuce. Yep. <laughs> Get yep. people that are knowledge in the game. One thing the NL did good this year, they had people that knew the franchises, knew their history, knew the players, where they came from. They were very knowledgeable. That's one thing I thought the NL did very be- – uh, not very – or superior than the IFL. Because mm-hmm. in IFL, there are a lot of crews that they just threw in there and say, hey, cover the games. Like, whoa. Oh, touchdown. Like, okay, like, right. <laughs> right on. But overall, it needs to be fixed more. It's not perfect. It's always always a chance to be improved on it. But it wasn't 2017 uh, NAL coverage. Yeah, It, it, it was it, well done. The championship game, perfect. The playoffs were good. Your main games were broadcast perfectly. That's yes. what you need to do. The stepping um, stones are there. So yeah. just hit the ground running in 2022 with what you ended the year with. And I yes. think you, you're on the doorstep. You know, I, like I said, t- making an actual guide for companies, universal score graphic. Those are simple adjustments. I think, you know, um, I, I, at least I think those are things that don't hit any wallet hard. They're just things that you can build on the side and, you know, it's it's a quick fix that makes people go, oh, that actually looks kind of nice. You know, 
we can take them all. Honestly, more seriously. dude, just think of that. The NL game of the week with your play-by-play Zach Holloman. With staggered Taylor. times <laughs> for games. Isn't that one of your one of that, your pieces yes. too? Yes, the staggered can, time. Can we get like, like an hour difference just so we can like start one and then switch over? Yeah. I think that's something that or, also is like for scheduling a thing that you can do reasonably. Or, you know? or play on a Sunday. That would be nice. I would have like that. two games or three games, depending on how many teams we have. Have on a Sunday or Saturday have, you know, there's there's nothing wrong about matinee football. The no. AFL did it multiple times. Um, the IFL does it I, right now. They, you know, yeah. they do it every once in a while. Like have like have a one o'clock maybe, especially in a city that you know has a lot of sports going on. You know, schedule it where it's, this is up to not the NL. This is actually up to the teams. Mm-hmm. You know, have a one o'clock game, then a three o'clock game, then a seven o'clock game on the Saturday. Have it spaced out so you have the product throughout the games. It was pretty hard during the playoffs. Well, not really this year because both games were just one lopsided instantly mm-hmm. um not instantly but in the second half it was very hard to switch from albany to columbus because you you missed something in albany and that's i think in the playoffs they need to find a way to have a saturday and sunday they usually did that last year was a saturday sunday but i i, I we need to look investigate this um, we're not going to be that NFL player association type of investigation. We're not going to make up an investigation, act like we care about something. Um, investigators and wonder how they scheduled the season. I wonder if they scheduled the season like this because of COVID and they just want to get it done could and get be, out. Could be. Um, and maybe that was just because of the season. But if they do it next year, like staggered times, and maybe Sunday is the game of the week, something like that, something that's unique. And you don't have to be like the NFL where you got to go, the first 10 weeks and the other six games are predetermined. You can do name all the game of the weeks in the beginning of the year. Just do it. So, you know, you have games. So fans know they don't have to, Oh, it's Friday. Well, that's it. All no, all the NAL games are gone. Yeah. It's over. Cause everyone played at seven o'clock on Friday. We have Saturday and Sunday where you have a chance to put more product on the field, but also I could then just based on and uh, the COVID season, and that we don't have a lot, we didn't have a lot of teams playing this year, so there's not enough, you know, placement. And plus, one of the big issues that we're going to bring up is in our net final segment of, the, of this um, had a lot to deal with the reason why I think they played on singular days. I think they played one Friday game, and I think that was like the first game of the season. Yeah, I'm pretty Never sure it was aired. a Predators game that was a Friday. Um, and everyone, and, and then it was all Saturdays at seven o'clock. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so it's it, something. It's it's just a little skip. It can all be on Saturday, but don't have them all start at seven. Oh, yeah. Think about the schedule. I mean, and I if I hope if they look into it, I hope that's the case and they do because you also, and this ties in the broadcast again, which I think you need to focus in as well, have it so that it flows. You have a bigger audience for one game, then it flows to the next, then it flows to the next with times. You know, mm-hmm. it won't happen every weekend, but it'll help uh-huh. if you stagger so that viewership goes up too. And then it and helps stay you grow on. your audience as well. Like I'm just saying, you're not you're not fragmenting every video, every game completely, you know, because mm-hmm. like I said, so, the, the broadcasts like the are NFL more national. Mm-hmm. The NFL has one o'clock games, they have four o'clock games, they have the Sunday night game, and they have Monday night. Yeah, this is a fix that they can definitely implement easy. And I I think this is also a sentiment with other people too, where it's like, let's let's not all just cluster together. You know, mm-hmm. I want to. I want to be able to watch at least one, maybe not like 
I know, I know it can't all be just like each one gets its own timing, but like, I don't know, put like two here, but also put like the other, because we're expansion probably will get upwards like two, you'll get upwards of like maybe three, four to five games max this year or something like on a weekend when mm-hmm. all of them are playing. Like put like two here, two late Saturday, and then like one's the Sunday matinee like you're talking. Yeah. That would work for me. You know? Yeah, but and also the, the NAL can do this, but you got to see what the arena's availability is too. Because yes, they could true. have, they have, may have concerts, they may have uh, hockey teams that play in that same arena that might have games there. So it, it it's all based on arena availability. Absolutely. And yeah, that's if the true. arena does accept it, schedule it and do it. Um, but I do think the reason why he had a lot of games at the same time on Saturday was because of COVID this year. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll ask around a little more of that too, but I think that's a good assumption. Um, you may not have that. to ask. They might be messaging us right now. Hey, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you, could, you could be right on that. That is a, uh, that's a very valid point, Jim. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I could, I expect a message anytime here or, you know, yeah. right after the release, like, Hey, so here's the deal. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll give you an update when we hear that one again. Oh, hot thing! Yeah. I just got a message. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, 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 absolutely. All right, now that we're, this is kind of the end of the tweener kind of aspect. Um, this part has been criticized, at least in terms of I won't I'm, criticize might be a little harsh, but this is a part I would say that's like between fans, players coaches and even ownership that i we talked to like leading up into this it's a must fix for these guys and i'm going to start off by looking at your rival i i mentioned in the early going with what the nal is doing well and how we're talking how we like how the ifl doesn't exactly have certain aspects the nal does in terms of play you know what the ifl has the nal is terrible at and even the cif's better at there's the ifl is smoking the nal in terms of web at least web imprint, social media content exposure. Yep. It's not close, guys. I mean, I, I, and owners, there's owners that we've talked to that have said the same thing. It's not close. Yeah. They have, they have dropped the ball this year really badly. And I know that they're, Jim, from what I think you've <laughs> mentioned is that there's been a changeover or something on that line. But uh, 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 they know about it mm-hmm. and they want to push forward to it. Um, cause the one of my guys I talked to, I said, um, I just want to give you FYI. I just got messaged by fans saying that, do I work for the NAL? Because I'm the only one doing graphics for the league. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm just doing graphics for the podcast. Right. Are you working with NAL? No, you should. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I mean, we've, we've had people use your graphics in other posts. That's how good they are. Oh, uh, use my graphics. Then when I message that person, say, hey, that's inside the walls podcast. Give us credit. Oh, no, this is an NAL product. I'm like, nah, bro. No. That was me. I made that design. Oh, this was on this player's page. It's like, yeah, he's a recurring guest on the show all the time. So mm. it's mine. Yeah, but anyways, when social, I, I look at this when when podcasts that are fan podcasts that cover the league are getting, you know, mad respect for doing NAL graphics and coverage and social media, and they message us or message, you know, message or personal accounts saying, man, you work for the NAL 
can I get any insight information? I'm like, no, I'm just a fan that loves the league and wishes it does better. When I see now, let's just say this Jersey flights, social media, that dude, hilarious. Yeah. Perfect names, very active. Jacksonville, I'm literally calling you out. Get on Twitter. You're losing about five to 6,000 followers, possibly 10,000 followers on Twitter. I know you're on Facebook. I know you're on Instagram. Get on Twitter. I am begging you to get on Twitter. If not, if not, this homeboy is going to start a Jacksonville Shark Twitter page, and I'm going to tweet the hell out of it, acting like a Jacksonville Shark. You got to get on Twitter. You're one of the most big, you're the biggest or the, I'm not going to flex, you're supposed to be the idol franchise of the NAL, and you don't have a Twitter. Yes, I know you have, you know, that's something that needs to fix. I don't care if you don't have interns to do it. You don't have anybody to do this. Give it to a fan. Not, I'm not saying me, but someone who <laughs> loves the Sharks who will be on that thing throughout the games, tweeting out stuff. Facebook, you guys do great. Instagram, you guys do great. You guys are active in other social medias, but you're leaving out Instagram or Twitter. Now, I've heard rumors that it's Jeff Bushy that used to have that account, and that's why I got suspended. Not hard to create at Jacksonville Jack Sharks NAL like the Orlando Predators did for their third Twitter account. They have yeah, three that's... of them. Um, Albany has two, but you can do it. Get on Twitter. Sorry that I'm yelling, but that has to happen. In you know, a mo- it has to happen. Right. I'm just, I'm like, in, in a modern sports landscape, in a modern media landscape, exactly. you have to be socially active. That's why the IFL, like in terms of presence to, to a casual fan, if we're talking somebody that's looking on the outside, that's yes. not a diehard in the indoor scene. If you look at all three of the big leagues, and mm-hmm. the CIF is one of those big three, I'm gonna, we're being honest. The IFL is the one people will point to and go, that's the legit one. You know yeah. why? Because the social media is good because the presentation looks good because they update their website better. You know, they do things that are, you know, if the play is good, that's great. But to a casual fan, you need to have resources for these people and stuff that is going on on Twitter. Look at the Massachusetts pirates for Christ's sake. That is the one I think is the biggest, like, Hey, former NAL team went over the IFL Look at their social media. They're yeah. doing Matt they're doing a ton and- of video content, ton of graphics. They have stuff going on all the time. You know, yeah, they're, they're the, the, NAL, the NAL's own social postings, which is one that I'm actually more knocking on here, is that and Jacksonville not having their own Twitter account, which again, that's also damning. But the NAL not being good at their own social media in terms of like scores are being posted a day after. Uh, sporadic article posts that aren't even recaps of every team. Why? Where's the content, guys? That you're dropping the ball in a place that I think is one of the most essential towards your growth. And, you know? and the thing, and the thing is, it's simple fix. And one thing that I, I'm not taking full credit for this, we have gotten a a lot of downloads on our podcast. People listen to our shows because there is an audience for it. A lot of these local communities don't have NAL coverage. They have to seek out coverage for the NAL, see what's going on, and they run into our podcast. There's another podcast up in Albany that does a little bit of Albany Empire coverage, and he gets a nice little uh, addition. 
The problem is, is that the NAL, when me and Zach during the season were posting score updates on our Twitter account and we were getting retweets by actual teams because of how often we're doing it, that's not because we're not doing it because we're doing this to do it. We're doing this because the NAL page just says it's game day. What does the NFL page do? It updates all the time throughout the games, even though they're run by a multi-billion dollar corporation. But still, the IFL, the CIF does it. They update every single thing and scores. What irritated me this year about the NAL page is stats were wrong. Like attendance stats were wrong. Some, some arenas didn't announce the attendance for, some re- for other reasons, but you had players' names completely misspelled. Like, who's Mike Espinoza? Yeah. His name is Mason. Who in the heck is Ryan Hicks? It's Brian Hicks. Who in the heck is Devin Wilson? It's Devin Wilson. Like, there's two letters you're missing. Like, there's so many misspelled things on the stats page. And this is not just, I'm not just, we're this, uh, it sounds like we're straight out attacking the NAL, but this is not us. We're having players tell us this. Like owner who for crying out loud too. Like, who that, like, like Mason Espinosa even said, Yeah, I checked the stats one day. I'm like, my my name's not Mike. Mm-hmm. And Danny freaking Southwick go, yeah, the stats there said I threw two interceptions, but one of them was turned back because it was a uh, you know overturned. Because of how many uh, times I've had to do curveballs on our show for uh stats that or scores incorrectly put yeah. into the stats page. See that that's the thing, like you <sighs> A lot of the web and social elements that has, I mean, I don't even care about the next segment has suggestions for stuff that I wish you could do next year that I don't think are next year things, but you cannot go into next season with the same social and web approach. That is just not right. I'm sorry that, that you, if you do not do this, the reason why we're passionate about this segment so much, ladies and gentlemen, and of course the owners or whoever's listening, it's because this can kill the league. People Certainly go, puts oh, them go. behind. Certainly it puts them behind. behind. But people are like, oh, I thought Mike Espinosa played here. Who in the hell's Mason? No, that's it's supposed to be Mason. When you have players contact us saying, yeah, I have no idea who this dude is. It's supposed to be Brian Hicks, not Ryan Hicks. And we have players retweet their stats on Twitter and highlighting their names and like, who in the hell is this guy? That's not a shot at the league. It's the people who are editors or whoever is in the back doing everything. That's not the that's not the commissioner. That's the people in the front office. It's simple. Like you're representing the league. Know who the players are. A lot of the players, like honestly, there's a couple of players in the league that we've actually interviewed. You've interviewed some that it's. They can't help it. The announcers at the games can't pronounce their first name right, and they just, you know, they bite their tongue. Then they just mm-hmm. outlash on the social media <laughs> about, I may not come back to this league because I'm not this person. This is my name. And uh, it's just, it's frustrating that it the social media side of it is so, it's not bad. Certain teams in NAL do great. Orlando Predators, great. Albany Empire dropped hot graphics almost every single day they they went from you know doing i would say decently to their social has stepped up a ton yes at the end of the year like it looks professional 
the social media directors of both Orlando and Jersey. Awesome. Jacksonville does a good job on the other platforms, not on Twitter. They're MIA on Twitter. You go look at Jack Sharks on, on Twitter, the count's suspended. And, and it's been suspended because of ILA community uh, guidelines. So I don't mm-hmm. know who went off on it. Just make a new account. Get it out of the way. Like Do it's, it as soon as you can. It's something that the NAL needs to do and focus on it the most. Get social media to the level of the IFL. Maybe, hey, don't even get it to the IFL level. Get it to the CIF. That'll be much more prudent than it is. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. But if you don't have a social media ex- uh, on existence, yeah, you have no you know, grounds in Twitter or Instagram or you know, Facebook, if you're not in the social media landscape, you're losing out followers you're losing out people that interact with you you might be losing out on fans who live in the city that you're trying to reach that have no idea that you're there Mm -hmm. because another thing that does hurt the nal in a lot of cities some of the owners have told the reason why and it's understandable because this year because of covid and the pandemic a lot of some of the owners that we talked to they're going to be pushing hard on this this offseason because they're getting out of it and that is advertisement outside the arena in your cities. Mm-hmm. When you go to when you go to Orlando, you see Orlando Predators signs everywhere. You know they're there. Go to Jacksonville, same way. And you hear at, at radio ads. You see stuff on Facebook or on Twitter, little ads, promotion things. That costs money, but it's there. If you don't do that. You're not going to get people in your arena. Luckily for Orlando, lucky for Jacksonville, they have a history of that organ- those organizations that people know who they are. People have no idea who Jersey Flight is or Columbus Lions or the Carolina Cobras or the Albany Flight, and they live in the same city. So, But that's been something that's been pushed for. And I've talked to a few owners, and that's something that they're – going to push for it so that's going to be improved but got to get on social media when other leagues are in your advantage of taking out that's disappointing because players of this league want to interact with the nal's social media they can't because they have nothing to interact with once you get the players to interact with the league you'll get more eyes on the league and you get more eyes on the league they'll watch the product they like the product. They see the production. They see the function. They buy in. That's how you grow a league. You got to yeah. fix the bad, tweak the intermediate to sell them the good. That's the meaning of this episode. Pretty much. I mean, that's really the main piece that I that you and I want addressed in the offseason. And it's one that's the most fixable. It's the one that it really doesn't even need much of the dollar amount. You know, that's something we have to keep in consideration. The social is free. I mean, that's just start posting more, you know, get someone that is dedicated. So, you know, the NAL, you know, you figure it out, the Jacksonville Sharks get a Twitter and for the guy and for the guys like say, really, (laughs) I mean, Jacksonville's not on Twitter, but like, for example, I don't know, Carolina, I feel Carolina is not really that great at social media content. It's okay. 
you know, but look at your other contemporaries like Orlando, Albany, you know, mm-hmm. New Jersey, well, Jersey, New Jersey, it's New Jersey. I'll go with that too. Just those, those three alone, you know, and even Columbus at times with at least their Instagram and Facebook posting, you know, get it up to speed guys. Like, come on, come on. You know, you have examples, follow the examples, follow the leads, be better at that spot. Promote your, don't just make it regional, promote your brand. Your brand's good. Show it off. Get a little, get a little, you know, swagger and go on social with it. We can only do so much on our end. We only have what? uh, 150 followers on Twitter. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're still growing ours for crying out loud. We have more people on Facebook and because it's the off season, we don't have, our reach is not that big at the moment, mm. but it's off season. Not a lot of people are interested. Hey, the minute, not a lot of people are interested in the national arena league right now because it's college football season in the national football league. Right. Those are the, those will always be one a and one B depending on what part of the country you are. Southeast is more college football. National is more NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're, you're calling yourself the national arena league become national yeah and you have to fix the small thing mm-hmm. i love the league i love the people we've talked to and I, i'm just going to say it again to everyone we've talked to and all the players we talked to we're not taking shots at you this is both from a fan perspective and from a league perspective we're actually playing two roles here we love the brand we can see things that can be fixed but we also have that fan perspective it's like you know what this has to change because it's not there. It's disappointing when we're doing score updates on the Inside the Wall podcast every Saturday for the NAL, and we can tag five teams on Twitter because one team doesn't have a Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's 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 basically playing, hey, the Jacksonville Sharks just scored a touchdown. Let me tag them. Well, let me just get the shotgun and blow my foot off because they don't have it. <laughs> I, I wish. But, yeah, I, and I think we'll keep talking that point. Because that's yeah. something that does need to be addressed here. It's issue. And again, and, yeah. I'm not taking shots at the organization. Jacksonville, I'm there next season. I got season tickets. I'll be there. Don't worry. I'll still be wearing my red and black, okay? I'm still a Sharks fan. Just get on Twitter. And if you need someone to help you with Twitter, don't call me. I won't do it. But if it doesn't change here soon, you might see an unofficial Jacksonville Sharks Twitter Basically retweeting everything you post on Facebook and Instagram because oh, you can do that. Right. It's that simple. That's right. Um, but it's, it's like as a Sharks fan, I love the organization. It's just that Twitter account has just been missing now for like three years. And it's just like you can't go three years without a presence on Twitter because people will think you don't exist anymore. Because mm-hmm. um, you look, go look at the Arizona Rattlers. I think they got almost near 20,000 followers. Yeah, they're, they're upwards. I think like last I checked 13K, which is still yeah, so pretty impressive. That's pretty impressive for the Arizona Rattlers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guarantee their Facebook's 10,000. I guarantee their Instagram's up there too. So you got to have it all three because a lot, you got to remember, there are people who don't have Instagram and don't have Facebook that just have Twitter. Yeah. And there's people that have Facebook and don't have Instagram or Twitter. You got you to gotta make your reach. Now, don't be like OnlyFans and, hey, we're going to have an OnlyFans account because people are not going to pay to go get the information. Just someone say. 
So yeah, so what we just touched on, folks, is really pieces that they fit in for stuff that are near future and things that you can fix really quick and you don't have certain issues in the way. It's not long-term investments, more of a short-term goal. Uh, We did have a separate section, as we hinted at, that is items that have been suggested by fans, players, and even some own even owners as well or coaches that are items i think are longer term or basically possible money and money spending issues so let's just get into this really quick here so the biggest one that comes up every time and we have to it's an elephant in the room in terms of like stuff that we want to see in any of these leagues because the afl is gone rebound nets and iron man rules continue to come up uh and my quick take on these uh, rebound nets much more likely than Iron Man. I think Iron Man is almost it's not impossible, but to tell a player that you know one that specializes in a specific craft and is used to that now, and where Iron Man hasn't been around for at least a certain uh, at least a decent amount of time at this point in any indoor league, uh, yeah, that's a hard sell to go back to uh, for players. I would say rebound nets. I think you can do it, but it does cost more. So you have to figure that one into the equation. That's the problem. And it all, it comes to the cost. And I get that. I just think that if you can find a way to do it, it makes the game that much better. I promise you that. Just go watch any old AFL broadcast on YouTube. It makes it that much better. No, I won't. I won't do that. Cause it you makes won't. me feel. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're just going to, you're just going to say, screw it. Okay. That, that, yeah. That's fine. Uh, it's like, oh, let me watch this game back in 2004. Jeez, I was in high school. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I those are two things that have always popped up on message boards: the rebound nets and Iron Man. Um, yeah, Iron Man sounds good. That's classic AFL. Problem is, quarterbacks don't like it. Yeah, they don't. Tommy Grady won't play in the AFL or the NAL with Iron Man rule. He won't, because the guys who protected him are also playing defense. Right. Quarterbacks won't dick. And we've had an actual conversation with a quarterback and a and a and a owner. They're from the same team. Both said that no. <laughs> One guy won't play in the league. And the owner goes, Do you actually think the quarterbacks will actually play in the league? Period. When they know their offensive line is tired because they just did the whole drive back and forth on defense. The, the Iron yeah Iron Man rules, ladies and gentlemen. Honestly, I think they died off when concussions started becoming a big issue in football, mm-hmm. and it's because they're finding out concussions usually they have a tendency to happen when a player is exhausted or very tired. That's when the player loses his guard, and that's what injuries happen. Iron Man football increases that chances for more injuries. Football is, a, is an injury-prone sport, we know. But you want to limit the injuries because injuries in the NAL are different than what the a- NFL does. NFL has the money to do stuff. NAL does not. So bringing an Ironman football would be great for fans. We love it. Yes. The problem is, is the players won't. Because Ironman football means your roster gets reduced. And you're going to have more injuries that come from it. Now, the rebound nets has been a topic that's been on NEL fans' minds, just not for this season, just for not last season, but since 2017. Let's just say 
that that topic and that rebound nets have been in discussion from the upper, the people in the up. Does it mean it's coming back? No. No. And the person that spread the rumor on Facebook that they're going to make that announcement uh, in the championship weekend, you look like a fool, dude. Um, but it has been an announcement. Not, it has been a something that's been talked about, not an announcement. Don't because like, you say it was an announcement. <laughs> hey. uh, it's been suggested. Now, here are my suggestions on it um, for the NAL side. Additional ref. Like an emergency referee who's responsible to do replays. We spent so much time this season, you know, unnecessary time over replays. Yes, we know that the video angles sometimes are not great, but we don't need to be standing in the front of a TV for 10 to 15 minutes for a clear fumble on the two-yard line. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, it's a touchdown to one. Okay, uh, okay, Ross, you, you didn't even get nowhere near ends up. Okay, it's a touchdown, whatever. We need faster. This game is supposed to be fast. The game is supposed to be a two-hour game. It's, it's one thing. <laughs> I think it was Arena Football Statement or one of the guys who does a YouTube page. Uh, he, he said something, I think, on one of the boards, said, you know the average time of an NAL game this year was almost three hours? What are you doing here? What are we doing here? No, this ain't no NFL game. It, like, the clock runs. And another suggestion with the refs is something that I would love to see, and it's actually a actual governing board or referee board members, not just the leader of the officials, but actually have a crew of guys that are responsible of teaching these refs the rules. Because a lot of these games, we went five, ten minutes between plays because they had no idea if it was a Jack Alley box or it was a legal defense or the motion man was offside. When, as a fan, you clearly saw the reason Devin Wilson was five yards off the ball, and yes, the Jack was out of the box. So it's both penalties on both teams. Which brings me real quick. The rule book is not on the website anymore. Uh, that yeah. needs to be added ASAP along with the web implementation. That should have never left. That needs to be available to people. Yeah. So that we know yeah. what's going on, it, especially new fans, if they want to read into it, like also, add that back. Well, one of the good things that the NLL does do is that they have the past five seasons accessible stats, teams, whatever. That's per that's good. I like that. Yes. Um, but the rule books, because people that are outside the NAL will come into this game and look at the game and go, "Why is there only one receiver in motion? Why is there not four? Because people will come to the NAL think it's IFL and IFL rules. Same the IFL. They don't have a rule book either, unless they posted it recently. Um, they don't. They do not on the website. I've checked. Okay, so it's another okay. gripe of mine for both these leagues. Um, but it's it's, it's a, just a suggestion. Put a ref or someone that's in control of the replay system. That their responsibility is the replay. So when the coach throws a flag, the guy can review it without the referee running there to checking the thing out and doing everything. You already have a, a design or designated referee at the at the replay booth that say, hey, yeah, no, incomplete, whatever. You have headsets. You can talk through them yeah. uh, because we don't need to be spending 10 to 15 minutes on on a freaking replay. And, of course, a, a train the referees more. I know they're not paid a lot. 
but a lot of delays of the reason why the average N, uh, NAO game was almost three hours long is because of replays and a long time to determine penalties. And right. that's some little suggestions that can easily fix. And it's not a gripe. It's every league goes through it. It was just very noticeable this year. Yes, it, it was. I, I think speeding that up will definitely help. It's something that some people were having gripes with, with the replays and also the rulings in some of those replays. Again, add the rule book back. Let us know maybe some of the intricate pieces again, because I don't imagine everyone has a rule book on hand or PDF of like pre web update when they used to have it on there. So add it back, please. That is something that needs to be on there. Uh, final little bits here in the suggestions tab that we kind of got from really more player side of things. And we kind of got little implementations and talks about it. Uh, when we asked owners, um, is pl- possible like representation of players or players at least getting some say in terms of ideas to grow the league and then travel schedules came up as well. Um, let's kind of a in- unique subject. Um, Cause I know that, you, I think players need representation or at least they need to be having their voice heard on growing this. Um, the question is, you know, we're on a line of, you know, some, you know, talks of unionization things. And I'm not saying that's bad. Um, it's just that costs are a thing to take into account. And I think that you have to, if you're going to do reps, it has to be discussed on a level of, how do we implement and do this to where they to where we get a say in that sense? I, it's a very touchy subject, which is why I'm acting this way. Um, and it's one that, you know, I'm, to be honest, I'm, for example, pro-unionization of entities. It's just that, you know, it's kind of hard to do with this level of football. I, again, I do, if I, if any of this is coming off wrong, I'm sorry. Um, but it's a touchy thing is mostly what I'm trying to say here with that. Yeah. One of the things that I get from it is that no matter what sporting league, baseball, football, hockey, you have a union where what it sounds like from what the players are asking is have representation in a lot of these meetings without forming a union. Just like I pretty much give their suggestions be heard is more of what yeah. I'm getting, you know that that's what thing, it sounds like. And the thing is, is the owners think of they'll go to the union and they can't afford it or a certain financial they can't find make this financial um, representation of a union. But it's also from a player's point of view is like if you have one of us in the union, like the 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 government the owners meetings, they at least are being informed and. A lot of these players in this league love this league. They mm-hmm. like the direction of it. They love the communities that they in. They, they they live in. One of the players that I've talked to plays with the Jackson Sharks and goes, "Oh, I know I can go play in other leagues, but I love the city. I love playing for this organization. I love this league." Yeah. So these players are not here. They're like they know what they have careers outside of the NAL. They know the NAL is in what the standards are. They know that they want to put more input, more stuff into the league and giving them a voice helps them with that. And it, it may come off as if you're an owner, like, how dare you 
that means you're going to start you that means that you're going to become a union and the owners fear that but you don't need to be fearing that because they're they're here to help you guys they're not going to suffocate the league because they know what the nal is about yeah and that's the thing that i believe in and i think the the and there's some great represents uh players that can be that voice for the league we've met a couple of them we talked to a couple of them that could be great represent uh representatives for the players but one of the things that you did mention that is a suggest suggestion is um it was this is very common just not both owners and players agree with this transportation killed a lot of things this year um Let's just say government like meetings were canceled. Current players slash owners didn't get to a championship game for the normal uh, festivities that happen because of transportation. It's difficult to get to certain cities. Um, that's very understandable. Um, and of course, plane tickets are very difficult to get because of a team and because of the season. I think that can get fixed because once you get a COVID season, things will change. Um, but tra- transportation schedules were an issue from the players and the coaches and the short notice of certain uh, events that happened in the league really put everything in whack. That's not the league's fault. That's not the coach's fault. That is just the nature of the beast of operating the football. Right. Um, on, on, let's just say this uh, Ontario screwed a lot of things up. You don't, you don't understand how one team screwed so much things up. And, and and that that just continued on, mm-hmm. and because of certain states' is COVID protocols, a lot of flights were delayed because you had to confirm certain statuses of players and certain things about players for them to get to a venue for their game. Um, and that will change when we get out of the pandemic and once everything starts getting back to normal. If it ever does, it will. But whatever it does, I think that will be a simple fix. I just think that the scheduling issue this year, the, how the fastest season started and ended, and how the playoffs was so chaotic, it was difficult for teams like you know Jersey to get to Orlando or like Columbus to get to Albany or like Jacksonville trying to get to Greensboro this, this year. It happened. And the thing is, is that players are noticing that. And it's very hard for the players to get game, get ready for the game and get pumped for the game when they know they're not going to get to the stadium until literally maybe four hours or even a couple hours before kickoff. Yeah. Um, that that can change a, a, a player or a team's uh, mental status, status. But that's easy. That can easily be fixed. And and that's just a suggestion. Maybe try and get an airline to support, uh, sponsor you guys. Um, if you get an airline that sponsors a league, that usually means that you got an airline deal with them. Um, just look at the NFL. They sponsor by, I think, Southwest, and I think half the teams use Southwest planes to get to their cities. For yeah, games. I know Ch- so Chicago, that- I know, uses United, but that's also more of a Chicago city kind of yeah. sponsorship with, like, the, I know the Bulls, the Blackhawks, yeah. you know, a lot of those teams. And, and, but and yeah, United, it's, you know, you know, it's... And United is a hub. Uh, Chicago is a hub for United. So. Right. So it, it and just I think that you, I think the headquarters of United is in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently if you fly for anywhere in the United States and United, you have to go to Chicago to go somewhere. So that's just, that's how it is. Um, yeah, go uh, but it's, it's, it's simple. It's a simple fix. And a lot of players are frustrated about it. And because of the uncertainty of the season, I think that's what really made everything so chaotic. 
and each city and state has different guidelines for COVID and the, what's going on in this day and age of sports in our country um, was a big factor in that. So I think the suggestions about getting better plans for scheduling purposes, I think that is a, I think Allen State is going to be a main priority for the league this offseason. But I think it's something that it's easy fix. And I think the main reason why it was so difficult this year is because of the COVID policies and because certain teams in the league weren't ready when they were supposed to. And other teams, you know, took the bill and to push forward. Um, yeah. but it's, it's easy fix. And the league needs a, the league needs to welcome the players in to, you know, brainstorm to have a better league, maybe player representative. Um, but something that will make the league know like, Hey, the players are here to help not destroy the league. Um, but don't make the league turn out to be like the AAF. Please don't run yeah. out of money. And I think the players know that. And you give them a league that they love, they'll support the league and they'll grow. The travel issues will be fixed. The referee stuff, that's a little minor fixes. But yeah, these are just suggestions. These are not major things that need to be fixed. There's, there's stuff that, that will be fixed just due to COVID situation. COVID just put a wrench into everything this year. Yes. That's, that's what I'm just going to say. Um, as you can tell, this whole episode of COVID was like a big question mark throughout the whole thing. <laughs> but besides from that, just want to say to everybody out there, thank you for a great season. Hope everyone's off season going good. Hopefully everyone's safe out there. Uh, first off, um, the Delta variant's still out there wreaking havoc. It's numbers are improving everywhere, which is good. Mm-hmm. Remember, get your vaccines. But um, one last one last uh, final thing I want to say um, on my end about the National Arena League is do not believe every single expansion rumor on Facebook. Because the dude that keeps doing it has zero connections to the National Arena League. One of the people who is a owner, not going to mention the owner's name, literally told me that, yeah, he gives him false information just to see where he goes. So FYI, don't listen to every rumor on Facebook or read every rumor about team expansions on Facebook. When stuff happens, we'll be here to break the news because we can confirm it with at least six representatives of the NAL with it. We're your source for now. Hopefully the NAL takes over and says, no, we're the source. And if that happens, that's a good thing for the National Arena League. So yes. with that, Zach, you can take us home. Oh, by the way, see you in two weeks, people. Yeah, uh, Jim's <laughs> absolutely right. We are going to start doing the bi-weekly schedule here. Uh, really, we kind of already started that but we're going to dive into it more um we will be releasing a schedule and try and uh get out guests sooner this than of course the week by week basis so uh we're going to start talking getting some players lined up mm-hmm. coaches lined up we're going to get some more topics uh expansion should you know hit the horizon at some point in the near future so we'll be mm-hmm. touching on that too so plenty of stuff coming up we're we, not done we can give you a tease we do have a guest coming on the next episode he is a former MVP of the National Arena League. There you go. There's only five of them. You pick. <laughs> so, uh, if he finds, oh, you got this guy coming on. Okay, whatever. But we have a former MVP coming on next week. And also, if there's any breaking news about expansion teams in the next within the next two weeks, we will drop an emergency podcast maybe a day after with hopefully the owner or whoever is with a new organization. We will keep you up to date on that. We will give you access to the future owner of the future NAL team when news drops. Mm -hmm. Okay? 
that will be the only time that we break away from our two-week schedule. But every two weeks from now, we'll have some NAL new cover- coverage, nothing big, a little topics, interview a player, talk about what we think. Maybe, you know, talk about a little bit of other football that popped around. You know, NFL, college football is going on because it's the game of football, and football is for the love of the game. So with that, yeah. So we'll be back in two weeks. Gonna be a blast. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for listening in, guys. It's been a pleasure this entire season. Again, we take this episode as points that for those that listen in from the NAL, those listeners, players, you know, fans, coaches, you know, you know what needs to be addressed in this league. We want it to grow, do the necessary steps that are needed, and we can make it a bigger and better league and one that gets more eyeballs too. So without that, with that being said, thank you for listening in. We're looking forward to talking to to you guys in two weeks. And remember one thing. Yeah, you gotta have to be in jack and box right now because it's not arena season. Take care, folks. <laughs> Stay tuned, everyone. Mm-hmm.